As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Very spooky. Hello. Hi. What's going We're on? We're back again. We're back. <laughs> What's going on? Do the shoulder, yeah, shoulder, shoulder roll, roll, some get stretching. Ready for, I know. I was realizing last time we recorded too that I was hunched over like this the whole time. So I'm going to try really hard to like keep a straight back and have good posture. I wish you luck on this because endeavor. Because we're on video. We're on video. And last week I feel like it was the first date where I tried. I put a lot of effort. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like we're married for 20 years. A little bit <laughs> inmate chic. You know, my gray sweatpants, just a white tee, flannel. I feel like. You're just seeing me raw. We we really escalated this yeah. relationship. <laughs> I know. You texted me and you're like, what are you wearing? And I was like, I don't know what I would like wear to take the trash out at 6 a.m. Probably. <laughs> yeah. We're making real But big fashion statements over here on uh, Two Girls, One Ghost. It's fine. I attempted to like curl my bangs, but they're like Ooh. curling inward. And so they, I look like a little mushroom. So now I have to put them on the <laughs> side anyway. So pointless. The one, the one piece of effort I tried. I did mascara and a and a bang curl and a bang curl. And it looks stupid. So it doesn't look stupid. Anyway, this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne, and I am Sabrina. And and that was Leia. <laughs> that was Leia. She's probably going to make her appearance here. I added a tree behind me. Well, not a tree. It's a fig leaf plant because. I wanted some greenery. Is that a real fiddle leaf fig? Mm -hmm. Isn't she pretty? Sabrina, I'm impressed. Thank you. It looks so good. How did you get yours to stay alive? Um, I give it a lot of praise. Plants are the new children is what I've learned. No. Yes. Pets are the new children. Plants are the new pets. Pets. Yes. Yes, exactly. But if you Do you see, talk nice to it? I talk lovely to it. There's some li little leaves where you can see Leia nibble bites in it. Yeah, you're so is chatty. Is it? I'm very confused about like spatially where you are. Is it in a pot that mm -hmm. is up on a stool? It, okay. It's a very tall. I was like, I don't know how you're sitting lower. Than the oh, it's pot. very tall. Well, because that's the issue with having Leia is she eats all of our plants. So in mm -hmm. order to have plants safely in our home, they have to be in very tall Raised. situations. So this is a, yeah. a pot that I found at the LA flower market. Oh, mm -hmm. it looks great. Thank you. My fiddle leaf fig tree lasted about two months. And this is gross, but I think I, you know what? I don't know what happened. <laughs> but when I moved to Boston, I bought a fiddle leaf fig tree, uh -huh. like the Home Depot or whatever they had them. 
And it was like right when they were all becoming really popular and it was in like all of the architectural digest yeah, showrooms and all that. So I was like, oh, I feel so special. And everyone was saying that they were easy to take care of, which they're not. They're finicky. So I'm really – I'm shocked you were able to keep them alive. Thank you. But here's the gross part. So I had it and then I just moved into the apartment and I thought that there were just these like weird stains and marks on the floor mm-hmm. near where I put the fiddle leaf fig tree. So I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like a few weeks in, I was like, oh, look at me. Like I'm, I had good placement with this fiddle leaf fig tree. Turns out it was actually worms that had <gasps> crawled out of the fiddle leaf fig tree and then died on the floor and then like dehydrated. So they were really <laughs> they like laid super flat to the ground. I thought it was a stain and I like lived with dead worms around my apartment for a few months. Cause like when you would vacuum, oh it would just kind of like go over them. Ew. I didn't realize until it like oh really my gosh, caught on so one and I was disturbing. like pushing and then it like <laughs> uncrusted. <laughs> Yum. Delicious. So glad we're talking about this. Worms. Worms. Worm. Did I ever tell you? Would so- you eat a worm? Uh, no, absolutely not. Would you? I don't think I would either. I don't know. Maybe. Not not like now. But when? But, but like, when? When's an appropriate like time I, to eat a worm? Please <laughs> let me know. Like survival mode. Like I would oh, eat a worm. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the difference. But scenario. I don't think I would chew it. I would just swallow it whole. Just like a... I would like... Yeah, I would rinse it off in a stream, and then I would just try to swallow it as fast as I could. But then, okay, but the only thing is then is it alive in your stomach for a little while before your stomach acid kills it? How quickly does it die? Well, even if you – Like, can you imagine it, like, crawling back up out of your esophagus? Oh, gross. Well, okay, here's the thing. Like, unless you chew it really well, there's a chance for it to be alive anyway because, like, worms, when you're fishing, you can slice worms in half and they'll still be alive. alive. I don't really know exactly how it works, but they stay living. Okay, remember? Okay, this is something that's so – I was talking about the other day. Remember learning about tapeworms in middle school? And don't you remember – you don't remember learning about it? I don't think we did. Okay. Well, I learned about tapeworms in middle school. And for some reason, the way that we talked about it made it seem like it was a commonplace thing that like people get tapeworms Mm -hmm. really easily. So I feel like I've had this massive fear of getting a tapeworm, but then I was looking at it and it's truly like the slimmest chance of ever getting a tapeworm. Yeah. Although I was watching a video on the internet (laughs) where someone was doing gardening Uh and then scraped the dirt out from underneath their fingernails and put it under a microscope and like found a tapeworm but that's not in your stomach like i i I was right but they're like this is the importance of of like washing your hands like really scrubbing under your nails yeah because they could get you but yeah that's interesting one of our friends had a tapeworm and i remember she had to like starve herself she got it from an undercooked burger in Greece, our friend Jordan. Oh, so it is more commonplace. So I was right to fear I this. Think, well, I mean, we have one person out of every. That you I know mean, that out of the percentages, <laughs> the fact that we know someone who had a tapeworm, I feel like my fears yeah. are warranted. Then she said it was awful. Like it rips you apart. She was yeah, because it lives off of every. Sorry, Jordan, for telling yeah. all of your <laughs> information. Yeah. yeah, she was saying that she like vomited like inches of like bile, basically, and she had to. She literally had to starve herself for like a week to starve the tapeworm. Like, cause the, you can't eat because you Cause eat it eats it everything and it will you just eat. Grow and yeah, grow and it grows. Grow. Yes, exactly. So she like couldn't eat anything. It was awful. Okay. So this has gone back to top of my list of irrational fears. Thank you, Corinne. Yeah. Thank you for re giving well, that to me. The good news is I don't know much about tapeworms, but I feel like every story I've ever heard involving a tapeworm mm-hmm. has to do with meat. 
and uncooked meat and That's you are true. a vegetarian. So I'm a little rabbit. You might be in the clear. Praise yeah. be, mother. I think Thank you for raising me a vegetarian. What's what's another yeah. one of your irrational fears? Mm, I feel like I have a lot of them. Um, let's laundry list them. Let's let's get them out on the table for everyone to know. Okay. Well, I live in a high rise building, yeah. and so one of my fears is that it it will collapse, crashes. Oh, down. that's a fear of mine yes. for you too, Corinne. Yeah, I was thinking about it like literally five minutes before we recorded. It's really windy in Boston right now, uh-huh. and there was like a. Whoo, sound and i was like this is it like we're gonna be on video and you're gonna watch me die oh my god and then i was thinking about the trauma you would have to go through and how much therapy you <laughs> i was really thinking about your life beyond me dying that's really selfless <laughs> that's very very selfless of you i was like oh man i can't do this while we're recording because like that's the worst part is like it's not just we're on video like you have record right like, you i would watch, watch you die. die back i don't think yeah. i would want to that's but... one of them okay no that's very fair i watched the footage of that new orleans hard rock hotel that collapsed a few years ago oh i mean it was it was still under construction so no one lived in there but i good i truly i'm glad that i'm on the top floor i mean granted my place is only two floors but i would much rather be on the top floor than the bottom floor i think right it's kind of like a yeah at least with your building because i feel like it would just like crumple down Mm -hmm. and so you'd have a better chance of surviving Surviving. yeah but then at the same time like you could argue that like a building like the one i'm in you're not gonna survive a fall falling like 30 some stories yeah no i also have a fear of bunk beds me too being on the bottom bunk yes i'm like i'm gonna die yeah yes yes fair i literally grabbed the top and i rattled them like i was just in one when i was in chicago for the bachelorette our friend katie was sleeping above me and i was nervous every single night i wonder if she never said anything but every like maybe every hour i would just like reach up and like wiggle it to see if it was still secure and she's like up there probably wiggling you're just shaking every hour. she's like oh there must be a train passing underneath the building I'm like, she's like there was an earthquake last night did you feel that yeah i know or like getting my arm stuck in the elevator Oh, or just getting stuck Doors. in an elevator, period. Oh, yeah. the disposal, getting your one. hand stuck in the disposal as it's going. Oh, that one really, yeah. that one really scares me. Is that in Final Destination? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it is. I think so too. It's in one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That one's awful. And I just like, I don't trust it. Even when people turn off the garbage disposal mm-hmm. to like go down and clean it and fix it. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. I'm not sticking yeah. my hand down there. If a spoon falls, I'm like, all right, well, I'm grabbing tongs to go fish out. Sp- like, I'm not putting my hand it, like, in there. An inch of my finger in there. No. What if Scary. you had like a poltergeist or, or a demonic entity that would turn it on as you're doing that? Oh. I wonder if that's ever <laughs> well, happened. That's remind. <laughs> that's like an intrusive thought where I'm like, what if I do it to myself? Yeah. Do you ever think that? Like, what if I turn on the thing while my hands are switches? Yes, I have thought that. That's that's the same thing as like thinking when you're driving. Like, what if I just veer this way? But you don't do it. Yeah. But the nice thing is that even if I did, follow, we, we don't do we it. We don't do it. But we <laughs> think about it. The nice thing about my place is that the disposal switch is too far away, so I wouldn't be able to do mm. both at the same time. So I'm oh, my apartment good. protects me from myself. Okay, my apartment. What what I like about my sink too is like. So my switch is closer, so uh-huh. it's not quite like yours, but there's another safeguard where you have to put a, like, stopper in, oh. and if the stopper doesn't click into place to, like, block anything from going down, it won't turn on. I thought you are supposed to have the water running when you are doing the disposal. I do. It, like, kind of seeps, like, oh. very, very, like, through the tiniest That's little smart. perimeter of the stopper. 
That's smart. yeah, it's nice. It always makes that's one of those things that makes me wonder how and why certain things were made. And it's clearly because someone did did something mm. in the past. Like the, you know, the slips that go on coffee cups or it on coffee cups it says or coffee cups, it says caution hot. That was added because someone yeah. grabbed it. I think it was a McDonald's when it was hot and burnt their hand and sued McDonald's. So then ever since then, every like to go coffee cup says caution hot and you get those slips on it. Yeah. Didn't McDonald's, I remember that case because they teach it in like, I took like one business law class in, in grad yeah. school, but I feel like there was another McDonald's case and I don't know if it was the a finger? real case or if it was like the typical, yes, <laughs> like I, was that just like a middle school no, tale? Everyone no, everyone told each other. Or okay, was that real? That was real, but I think someone put that in their food. I don't know if it was McDonald's. It might have been like Chili's or something like that. But that's also another irrational Wendy's fear or, that yeah. I have that I'm going to find like body parts uh, in my food. Gross. Yes, like Sweeney a Todd rat or something. Oh no, in your I mean box. like fingers and toes. I don't know, amphibia, <laughs> fingernails. But see, that's more, that happens probably more often because people's griminess falls onto the food, but like truly like a severed, a severed elbow just in my, I don't know. Ew, a severed elbow. Yeah, just like this part. Do we, is that even, wait, do we have a bone there? Is that just a tendon? What is that? You have a bone on your elbow? I mean, this. I guess I do. It's your funny bone. Is it a separate bone? I don't know. I didn't study anatomy. <laughs> Actually, I did. Now I'm really curious about my elbow. But it bends, so there's got to be some connecting piece. There's probably so many bones in there. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, gross. Gross. I do think you were talking about like fingers and toes, and every time I cut my toenails, I think of the scene from Boy Meets World where – what's her name? To ta- – to Oh, Topanga. Oh, my God. Topanga. Topanga. Topanga's cutting her toenails, or no, Corey's cutting his toenails, and she has a like green face mask on. I don't like, remember doing this. a spa treatment, and the toenail flings up and gets stuck on her face mask. I'm pretty sure they were like trying to have a serious conversation, and then he's cutting his toenails, and it like flicks up into her face. Oh it's my so gosh. gross. Anyway, 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 we all have irrational, strange fears, gross things. Let us know yours. Yes, yeah, please do. We'll just absorb them, and they'll become ours. Yeah. So as if we don't have enough, I know. let's add them to the list. I'm so excited for today's episode. Me too. And Corinne, I I'm blame like you. I'm scared. I'm excited. It's okay. So I feel, well, I guess we should say it's Reddit. We just read a deep dive. Reddit deep dive. Yes. And I feel like I had a resistance to Reddit the same way I had a resistance to TikTok because I know myself and I know that it, the second I start looking and start, you know, being a part of that community, I mm-hmm. will lose myself. It's kind of like being a part of the TGOG triangle. I I disappear. Yeah, you get lost you in, get the lost triangle. in the triangle. Because I it's really spent yeah. hours on Reddit after this episode. Me too. And I was really having a hard time actually focusing on doing the research and like picking one thing because mm-hmm. I just kept reading the next comment and then the I next know. comment. And I probably read like the equivalent of half of a book. So on many before yes. like zeroing in. Yes. Does that count towards my goal of 60 uh, books? I wish. I know. And there's so many threads too that are very similar. So oh my God. Yeah. That was and a one hard thing. to another. I was like, Corinne, do we have to pick like a specific thing in within the Reddit forums or can we just read a bunch of stories that are interesting because that's just what I want to do. But I ended up. I know, but I forced, I forced, forced it to upon have me. a little more focus. That's okay. Structure is good. <laughs> we need some structure in our lives. Structure is good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Okay. And naturally, I gravitated to the strange encounters that happen in the woods, of camping, course. hiking, 
all things like that, people being hunted by the paranormal, because you know I love Missing yes. 411 and Bigfoot. Yes. Which and is funny because you and I almost did the exact same thing. And thank goodness we touched base the other day and we're like, okay, yeah. let's talk about this. How do we want to format it? Because I was reading those stories too. And I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I almost wish you did it too, because I feel like we could have like within the same topic done such different stories. Yeah. Too. Yeah. But then it would have been hard to know if we picked the same stories. Yeah. We'll just have to do that True. in a future, in the future, we'll do like a camping in the woods themed episode. Right. I know. Also, too, like in the woods stories, there were so many that weren't necessarily paranormal, but were just like so freaking scary of like I know. human encounters, yes. like encounter. <gasps> oh, my God. I was like, oh, my murderer. Gosh. Like, forget that. I'm never going on the Appalachian oh, Trail. Never. Forget that dream. Never. Like, no, thanks. And then I found myself based so on listener stories we've read in the past. I found myself looking for specific things, like wanting stories exactly like our listener stories. Yes. But then I was like, Yes. The great thing is that we have these listeners who gave us these incredible stories already. Right. So this is just right. a bonus. True. I mean, obviously, I looked a lot at Bigfoot stuff, and then I was like, come on, Corinne, bring something new to the table. Okay, well, so I'm, I'm going to be... Not doing Bigfoot. I'm going to be on the nose, and I'm doing aliens, so... Okay, but but okay, that's great, though, because there's such variation. There's also variation with Bigfoot. Fine, I'll do it next okay, time. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't think we've actually done a whole episode specifically where Bigfoot's a topic, so. No, but I think collectively we've probably talked about Bigfoot more than we've talked about anything else on this podcast. Yeah, 60 hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. So you're all alone in the woods. You're sticking to the path. You're looking for the markers. But sometimes there's something else out there watching, (sighs) waiting, calling your name. Hoping to guide you off the path, to distract you, to disorient you. And for today's episode, that thing is a Wendigo. This roughly translates to the evil spirit who devours mankind or a monster. And saying its name is said to give it power. So I'm going to be respectful of the people who know the most about this and have it in their lore, which is the native people of America and Canada. And so this is the only time I'm saying the name. You heard it. I'm never saying it again. Yeah. We're going to refer to it as a windy boy. Oh. Now. Is that which is apparently common? Calling it a windy boy. Yeah. I think so because I did I mean, I researched this hard because the problem is with this, there's so much like whitewashing that came right. with the lore and the stories of this creature. And so I had to go really deep and like do a ton of research to find truly what like the native people and the varying tribes around the area where this creature is said to be like what they think and what they say yeah and there were quite a few videos where they were calling it by its name like maybe just once and then calling it like a windy boy or some other like nickname that's not necessarily yeah because there's a lot of superstition about this and similar creatures in native Mm -hmm. cultures where speaking about them actually gives them more power which is so fascinating and also definitely not something we want to do so right and also now that we're saying it out loud i didn't i just assumed that me saying it would draw it towards me but i'm not sure Hmm. what the rules are about listening to it either okay well we'll never use the name again we're never gonna say it again okay that's it so windy boys okay 
So I first learned of Windy Boys because of TikTok, because there were a number, I think it was like last year or the year before, there were a number of Native people and local people to like the Appalachian Trail when I was really obsessed with that area and just people telling stories of these encounters. And all these people, they like lived in the woods, they were along these trails, and they were all talking about growing up, knowing either from their ancestors or just like from people in their area that if you see something along the tree line, if you see this thing, or if you see something that just is out of place in the woods, you look down, you pretend you didn't see it. If you hear your name being called in the woods, no, you didn't. Ignore it. Pretend you never heard it. Interesting. Don't answer. Don't engage. Don't run. Just pretend that you're totally oblivious and make your way back home calmly. Don't run. Just exit as soon as you possibly can. That's so can. hard though, because if, you, if you're if you in the woods and you hear someone calling your name, every instinct, I'm just putting myself there right now, every instinct within my body would be like, run as fast as you can. I know. And get out of there. And also like, you don't want them to know that you heard. So like, I think Ugh. naturally if you heard your name, you'd go like, you know, What's like you'd start on? to turn, but you can't. You have to fight every instinct and just like try to remain calm. I mean, plenty of people have run. Yeah, yeah. But this is what's I scary. think it's also hard too. There's so many things in the woods that could be lurking. Yes. And it just this right. this is why I stay inside and don't go to the woods. <laughs> but then there's hauntings inside. So no matter where you are, there's <laughs> something. There's something for everyone. True. Okay. So where did these things come from? Well, in mythology, they first found themselves in First Nations and Native American lore, specifically the Algonquin legends. But I will preface this by saying I don't think it's a myth. Like, in terms of legends, I believe that these things are real. And I know a lot of people also believe that these yeah. these entities exist. I think it's safe to They're say – real to many, many people. We believe in kind of everything. Kind of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So – as we know, here in North America, I, I also want to start out by saying the Native people of America and Canada have suffered so many atrocities. We have – it's a lot of it's come to light in the past few years in terms of exposés and documentaries mm-hmm. and the Native people speaking out themselves and having more platforms like TikTok and YouTube and different right. ways to get their voices heard. And so – this is I'm going to do my best in retelling this story because similar to, you know, their culture and their children being ripped away from them and, and things like this, this is another topic where over the years it's it's fallen under scrutiny and yeah. their lores and their legends and their beliefs have been changed based on the the mostly white settlers who come in and change the narrative and make it change their own, yeah. Their beliefs and their creatures. Yeah. Yes. And so one of the things that happened with this topic was that Native people were told that they were suffering psychosis and that their experiences and that their ancestors' experiences were not real and that their oral histories were made up. So Rude. Very messed up. Yeah. So I did a, a ton of research in my attempt to tell these stories as best as I can to the true history of the Native people who first encountered these Love it. spirits. Okay. So the Algonquin tribe – were the first people to witness them, so we know, to discover what these things truly were. So tribes such as the Wampanoag, the Pequa, the Cree, the Ojibwa, the Nescapi, Inu, and pretty much any group that lived in the northern forests of the U.S. and Canada have stories of these things, these windy boys that have been passed on through their ancestors and experienced by many of them even today. 
So the tale goes that a hunter was lost in the cold winter woods, and to survive, he had to succumb to cannibalism. So he did eat another human. And this act of cannibalism turned him into this crazed man-beast looking for other people to eat. He was just perpetually hungry and half-dead and possessed by this evil spirit that lurked in the woods, making him into a windy boy. And this creature favors cooler weather, but has also been spotted in forests throughout the southern United States. And it's associated with cannibalism, famine, starvation, and the darkness that can take hold of a person when everything is stripped from them, when they're struggling to survive. And so all in all, this is a cautionary tale about isolation and selfishness and the importance of community. Interesting. So this thing, this windy boy, is a malevolent supernatural being that is extremely powerful. You are to take it seriously. It's not to be messed with. You're not supposed to taunt it. You're not supposed to say its name a bunch of times. And in watching videos and, and reading articles from people who who grew up and have Native ancestors, they were saying that some of the advice that's also passed down is to not knock. Like, don't make any knocking noises in your oh. house at night because that could also, like, draw it in. And then also no whistling. Don't, don't do, you know. I can't whistle anyway. Singing or whistling at night or, like, deep in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing right now, Sabrina, because it's one of the triggers that could bring it closer to you. Okay, good to know. So sometimes you'll see this creature as it is, and then sometimes, as the Ojibwa people describe, it chooses to possess a person instead, and that individual then becomes the creature himself, hunting down those who he once loved and feasting on their flesh. It's up to 15 feet tall. It's gaunt and its skin is stretched over its bones as if the skeleton is trying to break free from underneath its skin. And there are gashes on its body. Its eyes are wide and massive like an owl. Its lips barely there and stained with blood. Its skin carries the scent of death and its sharp claws are ready to take another life. Oof. And nowadays, if you Google these creatures or these spirits, you may hear or see that it sometimes is depicted as looking like a wolf or a deer in terms of its head. But these depictions were added later on by white settlers. So that is not actually what they truly look like. The true description of this creature is a too tall to be human figure, skeletal, looking almost frostbitten. And as the Algonquin have said, It is a giant with a heart of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. And this thing, like I said, it's powerful. It has skills. It has supernatural elements on its side to potentially overcome you. It's stealthy. It's a skilled hunter. It understands the land and the territory. Mm -hmm. And it can control the weather through dark magic. And it sometimes speaks your name. So (laughs) Great. All around great. (laughs) All in all, great. Okay, so this thing is not a spirit of the past. There are many stories today of people encountering this thing, this thing in the woods. It is active. People have flocked to social media to share their experiences. And so, of course, I went on a Reddit deep dive. Of course. And let me tell you, there's literally an entire – some of the stories that I found were were outside of this thread, but there's also an entire thread just dedicated to potential encounters with these things. Yeah. It is. I believe it. You can find threads about everything on Reddit. Yeah. Well, and what's really interesting and what I think like is why we get so sucked up in Reddit too is that there's other people commenting with similar experiences. And sometimes people like geographically in the same location are like, oh my God, you basically just solved for me this like unexplained encounter that I had. Yeah. 
So that is really cool. I think having an encounter like this can feel really isolating, which we've talked about before totally. with really any paranormal experience. Yeah. So having other people either explain or like have very similar experiences, it's not like nice that that thing happened to you that's scary, but but it's yeah. comforting to to have at least like a, a few more answers yeah, you're not alone to anymore. an otherwise unknown experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So 11 months ago, Bradley Innovates posted about an encounter that he had back in 2019. He grew up in a very wooded back country in the South, and he is presumably still a U.S. Marine, but at the time he was. And after being discharged, he went back home to visit one of his friends, Jacob. And they were hanging out. They were chatting, just catching up, you know. And Jacob suggests that they go to this hangout spot in the woods that he and his ex-girlfriend used to go to just because it's, like, peaceful. It's nice. Like, it's an opportunity to, you know, like, get out of the house and hang out together. So Bradley's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So he grabs his gun and they go out into this, like, very wooded area. There's an old dock that has been, like, brought up onto the land and it's rotted through. And Jacob and Bradley, they're shooting the shit together and kind of just, like, sitting, standing, walking around, kind of, like, pushing their feet through the rotted part of the wood, just, like, hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then 30 minutes into catching up, Jacob asks Bradley if he's ever heard of this spirit, this windy boy. Oh, so they're talking about and it in the woods. Yes. Well, Bradley had never heard of it before, but Jacob was like, there's just so much that's happening on social media and the news. And I keep hearing about these cryptids and these demons and these spirits. And he's just basically like bringing up all of the things that he's seen. Kind of like you and I, Sprinton. Right. It would be like a conversation we would probably have where it's like, did you see or did you hear? And so he asks if he's heard of this thing. And Bradley's like, "Mm, no, I haven't. And he said, admittedly, he was a little spooked just by the name. He like kind of realize that it probably was something that they shouldn't be talking about talk about yeah but jacob yeah but jacob told him that he heard that if you go into the woods and you say its name three times you'll see it and it's the scariest thing you'll ever see so kind of like a bloody mary game like they turned it into this sort of like what jacob saw on social Mm -hmm. media and so now bradley's like hearty har har like that sounds like bs prove it and so now Uh. they're like okay let's take a little path deeper into the woods and we'll see like who is brave enough to say it and so they walk deeper into the woods nearly at the alabama state line so they're like south and this thing is supposed to be more of like a cold weather entity but they are very south now and they get to a spot after 20 minutes and decide that it's a good spot to complete what is now a dare to say its name three times. And so the two men turn to each other and Jacob dares Bradley to do it. And he does. He says it three times. The woods are silent, which is never which is not a, thing. a good thing. Yeah. If Anytime all noise chirping, goes away, run. I guess you can't yes. run in this situation, but anyway. <gasps> right. Terrifying. Yeah. So the woods are silent except for like what's already naturally there in terms of the wind in the trees. Yeah. But all of the birds, all of the animals, just quiet. Oh, I just got chills so now thinking Bradley, about that. Yes. They're waiting, but nothing happens. And so Bradley's like, okay, we weren't really expecting anything to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's always a part of you that's like, holy crap, is this actually yeah. real? But he said in his friendship with Jacob that Jacob oftentimes is like always right. And so it was Bradley's opportunity to kind of like tease him and be like, you were wrong. You really thought something was going to happen, huh? Like, you know, poke fun at him. But then there's this noise in the distance as he's doing it. Oh, gosh. And Bradley's marine reflexes kick in and he whips his head in the direction of the noise and he starts to move closer to the noise and then 30 feet in front of them coyotes cross the path and they're like phew (laughs) thank god it was just coyotes but their hearts are racing and so they're like okay 
let's call it like our time in the woods is over. That was fun. But let's go hang back at the house, back to civilization Mm -hmm. where other people are around and where we have cars and comfort and maybe more weapons. And so as they start down the path, there's a large crack and Bradley notices a tree starting to fall and he shoves Jacob forward out of the way. And this pine tree, it lands right between them. Jacob screams. He's scared. And Bradley hops over the tree, all of his training coming. He's like, (laughs) Defend, protect, and get my partner out of here. And so Bradley hops over the tree, grabs Jacob by the shirt, and pulls his stunned friend to his feet and says, Move, Jacob! Fucking move! Now! And Jacob freezes. Fight, fight, or freeze. Yeah. He's freezing. His knees are buckling, and he's, like, falling down to the ground. So Bradley picks him up once more, and the two start sprinting down the path. And then from behind them... Jacob, Jacob, come quick. Oh, no. The voice of Jacob's little sister, Olivia. So Jacob turns, returning the calls, yelling, Olivia, Olivia. And Bradley blocks him from running down the path. His heart is pounding and he's screaming, Jacob, look at me. It's not her. Do you hear me? It's not her. And then another tree snaps. I have chills. And Bradley leaps again, tackles his friend Jacob to the ground, and both of them inches from being crushed by this other tree that's falling next to them. So Bradley screams again to run to get out of there, and he grabs his gun. And Jacob is running down the path. He's now, like, at the clearing because they're almost there. So he's, like, by the field at the clearing of the woods, the tree line. But Bradley turns around with his gun and just starts aiming it down the trail, going side to side, trying to figure out what the hell is trying to kill them. Jacob calls for him from the opening of the woods and yells, Bradley, get out of there. Come on, hurry. And then the two take off together. They're running. They're like 50 feet now from the tree line. And they turn back around and they see it. (gasps) It's there. At the opening of the woods, nine feet tall, standing on its hind legs, skinnier and more emaciated than you could ever think possible. And its skin is a vampire white. Its eyes a piercing blue, even from that far away. They said it was like laser beams. Bradley then shot his gun at it, and the two just turned around and hightailed it to their car and took off. And that was the first encounter. The scary thing is that based on what you were talking about, it's not limited to just the woods. Like maybe it lives in the woods, but that it can find you in your home or elsewhere, especially if you're, right, you know, being careful about not knocking in your house at night. And then also, Corinne, I need to compliment you. I feel like your acting skills came out in that very, very beautifully. (laughs) I was there. I was like, now she's Bradley. Now she's not. Now she's the little sister. (laughs) Now she's Olivia. Olivia. That's so funny thing. I feel like, what is it from from Hocus Pocus where Thackeray Banks is like, summon the others, go, when he's trying to save Emily. Yeah, yeah. That's how I was picturing them yeah. like, running out of the woods it. through the field. It It's so – it actually reminds me of Hunger Games when the mm. – I forget what the thing was called, but when they get stung and then they start to hallucinate and hear the voices of oh, their loved ones. Yeah. Tracker Jackers. The yeah. Tracker jackets? Jackets or jackers? Maybe jackets. I don't know. Okay. The good news is is I can hear a bird singing outside of your window right now. So this means that we're at least- We're good. Nature, we're somewhat safe. Nature is alive and well. Yeah. Nature is alive. The description of this this thing also reminds me of in Game of Thrones that- I didn't watch enough Game of Thrones to remember the name. White Walker. But like the Ice King guy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it kind of sound like that? It does. It's really pale- Piercing blue mm-hmm. eyes, a little bit Voldemorty. 
it's just really it's really yeah, scary very to encounter something like this or for the possibility to become something like this it's also it just distorts your reality so it's like what can you trust if it's mimicking the olivia the little sister then couldn't it hypothetically yeah. mimic one other like they got separated a little bit at the end there what if the voice calling yes. bradley at the end was not actually his friend right well, and I also heard or, or didn't hear, but I read a few stories too where people were saying like that that it was their own voice calling for them, and that's when they really realized something was wrong. Oh, like it didn't so it didn't unsettling. trick them for long at all because they were like, "That's my voice calling for me," which is so creepy, so creepy. But yeah, thank goodness that they were together in the woods. Okay, but I have one more story okay. for you. Okay. And again, I'm gonna continue to not say what this thing yeah. is, but this encounter I wanted to include because it gives me very like missing 411 vibes. (laughs) And I feel like this is what happens if you potentially follow the voice or take a step too far away from your group on the trail. Oh no. Okay. Okay. So this was posted by a user named so many questions 24747. And this was posted two years ago, but it takes place a few years back when he was 14 and his brother was nine. And for the sake of retelling the story, I'm just going to call the user the name S. Okay. So S and his brother and his dad, they all go into the woods one afternoon. They're heading out to go deer hunting before the sun sets. And while walking into the woods, before they even start their hunt or like get to the location where they're going to kind of like post up camp, while walking into the woods, S's nine-year-old brother tugs on his arm and asks if he saw that. Oh, oh no. And S is like, it's probably just your imagination. And his little brother accepts the answer. He drops his hand from S's arm and they all just keep walking. A few minutes go by and S notices that he can't hear his little brother's footsteps behind him anymore. Oh no. So he turns <gasps> around and his brother's gone. So he immediately alerts his dad and S and his father spend over 30 minutes calling for him, looking for him, retracing steps, expanding their search further. Like, so, can you imagine? No. I would vomit from just like, Especially being in the woods and heartbreak. And I feel like it's so easy to get lost and not know which direction you've already looked. And yeah, that's so scary. It's so scary. This is so sidebar and a personal anecdote. This actually reminds me of, I think about all the time. It was a really scarring experience. We were, when I was younger, we were at a like family friend's house that kind of lived in a really wooded area right by Mm -hmm. a pond. And there were a few families there. And this other little boy dared my brother to like hide in the car and said it would be really funny if he hid in the car and when everyone like calls for him that he just stays hidden in the car. And my brother was hiding for like 10 minutes. Our family's running around. We're bawling. I'm bawling my eyes oh out. My, my dad's like stepping into the pond, like looking for my brother's oh like no. body. It was, it was scarring. Oh my gosh. But how so did, did someone I find can imagine. him? Did someone find him or did he come no, out finally? I think he finally came out and was like, realized that it was people's reactions. It was like not fun anymore. And oh, I think no. Christian was like, he was probably like, honestly, like six or seven yeah, years so old. so young thinking it's just a fun joke and then. Right. And it was like a cookout. Like our car was, if anyone had noticed, like right. our car was so close by. Yeah. It Jeez. was. Anyway, so I feel – Yeah, you know that feeling. I have felt the fear of this before, of what this kid and his dad is experiencing in the woods. So they're running around. They're screaming. They're trying to find him. They are just, you know, doing what they can to try to find this nine-year-old who just went missing within a few moments of time. And then, miraculously, the little boy walks seemingly out of nowhere from an angle, from a a different part of the tree line, from, like, the west. They were heading north, and and he cut through west – 
And he just heads towards him, cutting through the tree line, saying absolutely nothing, covered in mud. So S now rushes to his brother's side and asks where he'd gone. And his little brother just stares at him. He couldn't remember. He thought he'd never left. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't he here the whole time? He was always with them. And then to this little brother, that is truly what happened. Nothing happened. Like, that is his missing interpretation of the event. Yes. All he remembers is walking a few steps away from them, seeing a deer and catching a glimpse of a tall person standing next to a tree. And then nothing. Nothing. And then he was back again with them. It just cuts from that to him walking a few steps a few feet through the tree line, back to his brother and his dad. Doesn't know how he got mud on him. Doesn't know where he went. Doesn't know why he stepped a few feet away. Oh doesn't gosh. know what he was following. He can't remember a single thing. That And the boy acted completely normal after that because to him, it was as if nothing happened. But to us, his dad and his family who later learned about the story, they were obviously terrified, traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's one of those things where we talk about this often with I think you did a whole episode about missing 411 and people just disappearing and then reappearing and mm-hmm. and not having any memory and it's it's kind of it makes me think maybe it's for the best that they don't have memory of what happened yeah but then it is for, for I mean it could it be alien abduction it could yeah it could be that or it could be do they jump in through a different dimension real quick or if it was this creature yeah. we're talking about it's interesting that he was returned I mean covered in mud but relatively safe. So what what happened right. in that time period? What right. was the need and desire that, exactly. that occurred? I don't know. Right. Because Ugh. if this was – so this was posted in the thread in Reddit that was like a potential encounter yeah. with a windy boy. So, I mean, it's – it's. I think it's because – like the, the original poster who posted it was kind of like, I don't really know what to think. I don't really think it's this thing. Yeah. But like other people have told me it might be. But like the fact of the matter was there was this like tall – human, this tall creature that the boy saw going into the woods and then a few minutes later saw again a moment before he disappeared. Right. And so whether that is this creature and maybe we just don't know. I keep calling it a creature. It's a it's a spirit. It's spirit, an, evil an entity. spirit that lives yeah. in the woods. A winter spirit. Yes. Yeah. An entity. But Yeah, we it, it's yeah, hard to I mean, know. It's hard to know. And that's kind of it is the big question with the paranormal in general. You know, what a whatever subcategory we we discuss, there's just no way to to know 100%. There's no certainty, which we enjoy right. to an extent because then it, you know, it leaves room yeah. for us to theorize and come up with our own hypotheses and stuff, but it is also frustrating sometimes when we're talking about it because it's just like it could be a million different things and we don't know. Well, and I want to know what happened in that moment. So yeah. like the boy turned, saw the deer, saw this thing, and then took a few steps towards them. And th- like what and happened? Disappeared. Did he get put into a trance? Did he hear his name? Did yeah. the thing like gesture Back for him, him to walk away from the group? Like, yeah, what exactly happened? This is actually reminding me a little bit of, remember, was it the Missing 411 episode where that woman – Yes. Brought the boy. The woman like looked yes. like the grandmother, brought him into the cave and like tried to get him to poop. Tried to like take a yeah. sample from him. Yes. That was the 401 episode. I don't remember what episode number it was. Right. But yes. Yeah. I don't know. But this thing took him silently, unnoticed. I'm just glad he got home safe. And no one really knows what happened. Wow. I mean, that's the other thing is there because there's so much in the woods, it's hard to know what you're actually encountering. And I mean, adding on top that this little boy has no memory of of what happened in those missing moments. So it's just the lesson here, I think, is 
stay out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> stay out of the woods. Yeah, because I mean, he was with a group of he was with his dad and older brother. Yeah. That's a group of three, and so You're many people have their nowhere. dogs with them. They're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Nowhere yeah. is safe. I mean, if you're going anywhere, I think you need to go in like a group of 20 and all, all hold hands. <laughs> Everyone holds hands in circle in a circle and you're in the middle. So nothing happens to you. <laughs> it's just it, – you basically bring – your friends are now your security guards. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what the hell? That was me though. That was me when we lived in LA with the group that I lived in in that house during college. Anytime there was a suspected break-in or someone was nervous, I was always the front with the knife and everyone was trailing behind me, like everybody's arms on each other's shoulders and I was the one going around. Oh my gosh. Did I tell you about the time we were- So you'll be in the middle of the circle and I'll protect you. Yes. Did I tell you about the time we were in Joshua Tree for a bachelorette and we all psyched ourselves out? I I say we all, but I probably didn't help I probably led the yeah. psyching ourselves I know out. exactly. Yes. <laughs> and you did tell me this. We were so all funny. paranoid that someone was on the edge of the property and trying to break in. And so I grabbed the knife sharpener and went around the house and made sure all the doors and windows were locked and then slept with it next to me in bed in case there was an intruder. Yeah. Which the knife sharpener, I think, is an underrated. Thank you. I thought so too. Weapon. Yeah. You're not going to stab anyone, but you could like, you know, you could smack them. Right in the eye. Are you kidding? Yeah. That would be deathly. Oh, I mean, yeah. not deathly, but that's the move. Or even like in the mouth, like final Ugh. destination shit. Just shove it through. Up the nose. Ugh, I don't like. Th- now I'm like. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to. Now bait. that's an irrational <laughs> so fear gross. of yours. Add it to your list. Oh, God. I'm throwing out my knife sharpener after this. Let's be real. I never use it. Honestly, I was just <laughs> going to say, I have no idea sharp. how to knife to sharpen my knives with a knife sharpener. I don't really know either. But I would love to learn. I want to look shows. cool sharpening my knives. I want to stand in my window in my kitchen right. while my neighbor is in her kitchen cooking and just <laughs> sharpen my knives. And then make You're weird sure. eye contact and be That's like. That's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Please do it. <laughs> That'd be phenomenal. I'm just picturing. I'm. I'm. After we did haunted mansions, now I can see your house that you'll be in. Yeah. Sharpening the knives. Yeah. The creepy lady that lives in that house that's always just sharpening her eyes. Sharpening her eyes. Whoa. Whoa. I am doing that too because my eyes did get better. So I'm doing that unintentionally. I know. I need to copy your diet. Whatever you're doing for your eyes, it's good. It's apparently less dairy and less sugar that does it. Oh. You say to me as I've had a bar of chocolate every day for the past four days. Okay, well, that sounds delicious. Easter. Because my mom still gives me an Easter basket. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jealous. Nick and I were like, we should give each other Easter baskets again and do scavenger hunts and hide eggs around the apartment and just bring the fun back. Yeah. My mom hid Easter eggs for – okay, so I thought that we were just going to hide them for my cousin Addie, Uh who's eight years old. But then my cousin Kate was like, no, what do you mean? We're going to participate because we all used to participate like as adults anyway, like in our young adulthood and get really competitive. Of course. But now we had an eight-year-old, so I thought we were going to be calmer about it, but we were not. And we like seriously competed against her. Like I definitely made more money than she did. I didn't give it back. Wow. No. One of my friends – she got way more eggs than me and it's unfair because I think it's – it was at her eye line. Okay. But what did you want? Money or eggs? I wanted to beat her. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I had more money was because I was trying to trade with her. I was like, I'll trade you this half dollar for two of your quarters just because I was like, I can't use a half dollar in like parking meter change. And she was like, how about for your half dollar, I'll give you five quarters. And I was like, great. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you ripped <laughs> off a child. <laughs> I hope you're proud of yourself. You know what? I am because I bought half of the like prizes yeah, she won. Yeah. And you're building you're her building character. Plenty of chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. My aunt took a video though of the of the scavenger hunt and I'm like literally trying to like sprint. Push her like, out of the way. <laughs> She's like thrown into I'm a bush. In. I don't know I what told happened. Her, I said, just because you're a kid does not mean I'm I'm gonna let you in. I can't but wait for won. when you have children. But you and Nick should do it. And just play oh. games with them and make them cry because you win. <laughs> You got second place ribbon. Sorry. <laughs> we, a friend of ours went to an Easter egg or a Easter party the night before Easter where they, it was a, you know, a drinking event. So instead of mm-hmm. finding prizes in the Easter eggs, if you found like in the different eggs that were hit, hidden all over the place, they had different things inside them, like give out two shots or take a shot or different I love fun that. drinking activities. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Wait, that's great. I know. I think I, I might that. steal that's it. That's so fun. Next year. You should. Next year I'm going to do, do it. Do an adult Easter egg hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll hide chocolate that's in some of them. Plan. And then I'll get bloated because sugar hurts my stomach. Well, that's not great. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So I already told okay. you what I'm doing because I know. as everyone knows, I am obsessed with aliens, but I have this yes. love-hate relationship where I love them, they hate me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, you'll get abducted no. one day. And everybody thinks you're a star seed anyway. But so okay, the love-hate relationship is actually that I will read one story and get so jealous and want to be abducted, but then I'll read other stories mm-hmm. or hear other stories and then I'm deathly afraid of them. So I don't I don't know. I'm just – I'm conflicted. Yeah. You're torn. I'm torn. Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like people or spirits. Some are good and some are bad. Not It's not like a blanket statement. And so I yeah. think when you hear certain stories that are like, oh, that would be an exciting thrill, that doesn't really negatively impact me. You're right. like, yes, I want to be abducted by aliens. But then there's different types of aliens, different creatures, yeah, different species, and different just beings that choose what we believe is either good or bad. So – it, like this reminds me of like a middle school or high school relationship with a bad boyfriend. You know, th- there's mm. like this chase that you want their attention, but then you know deep down that it's not good for you, but there's it's a thrill to chase. <laughs> and I've been in a relationship for 10 plus years, so I haven't had the chase in a long time, so I think I'm living through <laughs> through the alien relationship to get the chase. But if you are a starseed, if you or are Or perhaps I'm a starseed. Right, because then you're – I don't want you to hate, hate or fear yourself. Sometimes it's good to fear what's within. I don't know. <laughs> it's the dark thought. Open up a fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> this is what 
feel like it is. Oh my god, that's great. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, so did did your research make you fear it more or less on Reddit? I think by the end of it, I was more intrigued. So mm-hmm. I'm now in a place where I think I would like to be abducted again. <laughs> okay. Okay. That sounds good. I yeah. Big you- what you want. <laughs> Bigfoot's your boyfriend, aliens are mine. I know. Okay. So again, there's so many stories on Reddit about about alien abductions or encounters. And I basically could talk about this for hours, but I won't. Mm -hmm. So the first story that I found is from Insomnia Acrobat and was posted six years ago in a Reddit forum asking, seriously, Redditors who claim to have encountered aliens, what's your story? And this is called Sleepover with Aliens. And, I, and I'm just going to read it as the, the user wrote it. So, <clears throat> okay. I have become insomnia acrobat. This gives me chills to this day. The most chilling part is that I wasn't alone in the experience. And I probably shouldn't have waited till the middle of the night to write it out, but here goes. When I was about 12, my best friends and I used to sleep out on my friend's trampoline in his yard. We would gather our bed stuff and bounce around till we got tired, then eventually lay down and go to sleep. We all lived out in the country in Ohio, so the night sky was always awesome to check out while we talked and dozed off on the trampoline. We had campouts like this during summer break for years. But one particular evening, it was my two best friends and I, Kyle, Brandon, Brandon was Kyle's cousin, and another friend of ours, Jeremy. And after winding down, we're laying there talking when we noticed that there's something floating over the woods nearby. You couldn't see it directly, just that it blocked the stars out as it slowly moved. It was just a little higher than the tree tips tops, and it was completely silent. We were just some dumb kids, so we were just laying there watching it, and slowly it drifted until it was directly over top us. Then suddenly there was a bright light that I just cannot describe. It was more blindingly bright, disorientingly, creepily bright, like it shone down into you. And the next thing I remember, we're all standing inside of Kyle's house, looking out of his sliding glass back door at it still hovering there and it glides off. We were all spooked for sure. How did we end up inside? But we decided to go back out to bed on the trampoline and we're laying there for a while And the next thing we know, it comes back and does the same exact thing. And again, we find ourselves inside looking out the back door. Beyond all reason, we go back outside to bed again, and the same thing happens again. Then we finally say screw it and sleep inside with the lights on. Kyle moved away to Florida that summer, and we lost touch. Kyle didn't live there anymore, so Brandon stopped coming around, and I was never really close with Jeremy, so that was that for several years. Then, when I was 18, I heard Kyle was in town staying with family. I ran into him at a party one night and pulled him to the side to ask him about that night as it had been bothering me for years. His response has shaken me to this day. I cannot describe his reaction sufficiently. He just looked at the ground and said, I don't want to talk about it. I was kind of shocked by his response, so I didn't know what to say. And he got up and walked out, and I just stayed there sitting, thinking about what just happened. I got up after a minute to go see if I could find him, but he truly had immediately left after. That was it. I haven't seen him, Brandon, or Jeremy since, but his response was enough to let me know that something strange definitely went down that night, and I don't know if I want to remember. (laughs) What? 
What? Three times. So the other guy does, he remembers something, probably something more. Or, or it's the same feeling of just whatever happened is so mysterious that I don't want to talk about it because I don't know how to rationalize it in my mind. But in my mind, when I was reading- Or the fear that it will come back. Yeah. That if you if you speak it out into existence, that maybe it will happen again. Okay. So this is or if- my take on it because I love aliens and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think mm-hmm. the aliens were protecting the three of them. That if they had slept outside on the trampoline, something bad would have happened. And so the aliens kept coming and moving them inside. Oh. And that's why every time they yeah. – because that's why the alien, the spaceship or whatever it was did not come back right. when they finally decided we're going to stay inside and sleep inside. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I mean, what if it wasn't even like something bad? Like what if the aliens just like needed to, to use some space and <laughs> they knew that it would freak them out to witness it? So they were just yeah. – that was like the – that was like the perimeter patrol. Like there was one spaceship that was just like making sure no teens or anyone was like sleeping out on the or trampoline. They were. They saw not going to witness. They saw the three of them bouncing on the trampoline. They're like, we have to check that out for ourselves, and they cannot be there for this. So they moved them <laughs> inside, and then they spent the evening bouncing on the trampoline in slow motion. I'm picturing it right now. They're just woo, flying up in the air and big (laughs) laughing smiles. Someone's manning the spaceship and like (laughs) letting them bounce a little further, like beaming them up and then dropping them down onto the trampoline. That would be so fun. Wouldn't it? Okay. Now I have a new dream. Fun game. Not only do I want to be abducted by aliens, I want to be abducted by aliens and bounce on a trampoline with them. Right? (laughs) They just have so much more capabilities of like, you can just utilize a trampoline better if you have a spaceship. And if you have aliens. Right. But I guess you would have aliens if you have a spaceship. Actually, not necessarily. But in my case. Or the alien version of a spaceship. Because we have spaceships, but they're not doing what right. we need it to do in terms right. of our trampoline. Use. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I mean, freaking scary, though, that that happened to them. Oh, totally. And and super unsettling because you don't know how you got into a different place. Right. Yeah. Were the, and Wait, so were they just awake? inside they just like so we're relocated and just they regain consciousness all standing there together yes so it basically they remember looking up seeing the spaceship hovering above them and then snap next thing they know they're standing inside looking out the back door out at the trampoline and the spaceship above the trampoline yeah that's freaky it is just weird that the aliens weren't like if you're gonna erase their minds for that quick maybe maybe more time passed i don't know but if you're going to erase minds and ability to remember what happened between getting from there to from place A to place B, why not be gone by the time that they have their memory back? You know, it is a weird thing for them, right. for the spacecraft to still be there. To keep witnessing the spacecraft. Right. Like they left right. Which, too well, much information behind. I guess this almost goes to like your theory, although it's like a nicer version of an alien abduction of just being relocated because- yeah. If it was truly an abduction, wouldn't they just keep them for longer until they were done and then zoom off? You would think. But if they were doing something else. They were putting them inside. people just kept wandering outside. Yeah. I think you're right. I think they, they were just trying were to protect relocating them, them. Mm-hmm. and just assumed that they would stay inside. And they just kept going. It's like Sims. Yeah. Like going back to the Sims. <laughs> just like kept trying to do the thing. Yeah. The action. Yeah. Wow. I'm realizing that I may have had a theme. I think there was a a listener story we read a long time ago about aliens abducting her when she was young and then she miraculously was healed of some illness that she had. 
And so I think I, oh, yes. I think when I think of alien abduction, I have that in my mind. So I think, cause the next story I have is called helpful aliens. So <laughs> perhaps I, I have that in my mind. Okay. So this is called helpful aliens and was posted by skittish gibbon and it was posted eight years ago no one will probably read this and it sounds crazy but here is my story i was 12 at the time and my family has a camp on the tangapoa river in louisiana the only way you can get to it is by boat so it was just my uncle my cousin and myself and we were heading back to the boat launch on a sunday night now the boat we were in didn't have any working lights so to see where we were going my uncle would occasionally shoot a flare and we quickly ran out of them so it's around a two-hour boat ride back to the landing so i ended up in the front of the boat holding a regular flare as we were now on a much narrower stretch of river. When to the left in the swamp, two large glowing balls appeared. Then there was another one out to the right. And I'm just trying to keep this flare from burning on me and my little cousin is freaking out. After about 10 minutes of these glowing lights navigating through the swamp, they formed a triangle above us on the river. It was hard to gauge how far up they were, but it was very visible. They continued to follow us for the rest of the journey back to the landing And as soon as we arrived safely to the landing, they disappeared. This all happened around 18 years ago, but it's something I will never forget. And I don't talk about this stuff really and usually just keep it to myself, but I had to share it. You know what I was thinking about during this? I was just thinking like, it's interesting that a commonality, I guess, between humans and Mm -hmm. aliens is that we need lights to see, that they light up their spaceships. Interesting. I guess I was just thinking like because we don't know sort of like what types of beings right. they are or their abilities that it could be that's so fascinating some sort of consciousness where they don't even need to see I'm thinking almost like echolocation but just right but they do have like, lights like what if on they don't their need ships. sight at all but they put lights on their ships yeah and I also feel like the way that we've heard stories about aliens and the way that they blink the lights and all that stuff it feels like their lights are a way to communicate between other spaceships like they they use them mm, for communication mm-hmm. as well. Right. And that sometimes the lights, yeah, belong to like a smaller piece of yeah. the otherwise like larger formation. Like it's almost like a magnet. Like they can right. pull back together and create a larger ship. I mean, that's what this kind of did. Unit. It was three separate and then it came together as one triangle and then took off right. at the end. But I think it's incredible yeah. that they guided this boat back to safety. Right. Helpful aliens. Helpful aliens. Okay. I love it. This next story is called Entire Town Alien Encounter, and it was posted by Fuck Up Freddy six years ago. I'm a very fact-driven person, but I have this story I can't explain without it being aggravating to myself, and I see others blow it off as BS. I lived in Rice Lake, Wisconsin for a bit in my youth. I was 12 years old, lived with my mother, father, older and younger brother on a large property with a house set back from our road, about five acres of kept lawn and a backyard of two acres. So it's a pretty well open area. We had a radio station across the road, which was a smaller building with a large tower in a field. It's basically farm country. And one neighbor near us on the west side of our house threw this solid tree line that was the start of a pine forest on our property. The other two sides of property had abrupt starts to wheat fields. So... One night, my mother, older brother, and I were up watching TV, and all of a sudden, the power went out. We went outside to the front to see if the neighbors were out as well, as he had a huge barn light that we could see through the woods. But it was out too. As we sat there, we all of a sudden hear yelling from the radio station saying, I can't get the generator to start, Ted. Can you call Chris and get him up here ASAP? Again, farm country, so no real ambient sounds beyond crickets. 
Then within five minutes, a car drove just past our driveway and just turned off. Like it was driving and then the power went out and it stalled on the side of the road. My brother made the long five acre long down the driveway and my mother and I watched from the porch. He came back and said the car just lost power for no reason. Just lost power. He couldn't even get it. To oh print. my God. Just this feels like a scene then, in a movie, doesn't I it? I know. It really does. Just then, a large blue orb, I'd say about a thousand square feet or so, shot across from one corner of our property from behind our house to across the road, no further up than four to six stories above our house. So we're all just standing there going, what the fuck? Then across the road, we hear the guys at the radio station screaming, what the fuck was that? My mom ran in to call the police (laughs) and wake up my dad and little brother as me and my brother sat there on the porch. My mom calls to us saying, sons, come here now. I can't wake up your dad. So we all run into the bedroom, which was closest room to the west side tree line and had this huge glass door wall, which is like eight feet tall. And in the bed was my dad and five-year-old brother. I personally shook them hard and they would not wake up. They were breathing fine, just solid asleep. At this point, we freaked out and noticed that our phones were dead also. We ran outside again. We started yelling across the yard to the radio station asking if they had a working phone and they said no and asked if things were okay with us. Not wanting to yell a story, my brother said, yeah, all is well besides, well, all the weird shit. Just then on the west side above the tree line, directly two orbs pretty far up danced in the sky, zigging and zagging in ways I have never seen anything before. One would go to the left and chase and then to the right and then up and down and do a big circle. And then the other would follow. And my brother and I just sat there and watched freaking out. What is going on, dude, was said about 40 times in the five minutes that we were watching these orbs. Then the orbs dropped down to a lower altitude and went from the north side of the tree line to the south at half speed, like really low and really slow, then swooped up into the sky in a large, progressively faster arch into the sky, and then poof, they were gone. My mother, who was watching from inside her room through those large glass doors mentioned before, was freaking out. Seeing all of this and her husband and kid not waking up was too much for her to handle, and she started crying. And then all of a sudden, as the orbs disappear, the power pops back on. We ran inside to see, and my mom was calming down, splashing water on her face. And we go out through the glass door to check the sky and see that the car that was parked out near the end of our driveway was able to start up again and take off. The neighbor's barn light turned back on and the radio tower lights lit back up. And at that exact moment, my dad woke up and said, why are you all in here? My mom explained it all to him and my younger brother and they just laughed it off and was like, I was just sleeping. You must have not tried very hard to wake us. But we did. The next day, my mom buys a rifle, a telescope, and a bunch of alien books. LOL. She said she always has the gun just in case, <laughs> but she would never bring it out unless she had to. I think my dad not waking. I feel like that's an appropriate response. Yes, definitely. The alien books I love. I would do that too. Yeah. Fast forward to a week later, after so many calls to the police, the radio station, and to neighbors, they finally got someone to listen at the police station and take a report and then they all met in our front yard near the road as i watched from the porch pretty far away trying to make out what they were saying this is the best part okay three days later after that two men come to the house who claim to work for a surveying company and just so happened to be taking aerial surveys of the area and wanted to see if we kept pictures of our house and they said that they also visited our neighbors that day and heard the crazy story about aliens My brother swears, and I mean swears, that these two men had guns on them. Large handguns under the back of their shirts. Again, not super weird in the area to see guns, but if you're going door-to-door with pictures of the house, it's definitely weird enough to mention. 
He sees these guns, and as he walked into the front door behind them to ask why there's guns in there, they truly abruptly left. As they left, we got the license plate of the van and called the police officer who took our report and called the neighbor to compare stories. A month later, the officer called us back to say that the plates belonged to a federal agency. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I have chills. Yeah. Black Eye... This or is what are they called? Um, Men in Black. Men in Black. Men in Black. Why did I say it's so weird? Men in Black. Yeah, that is so amazing. I'm also so curious how far this blackout and power outage extended because clearly they can see the farm light down the through the woods. They can see the radio station. They see mm-hmm. this car. But did it extend any further? I wonder how many people were impacted by right. it. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just. <sighs> This is making me upset that we weren't recruited to have that sort of job. Are you kidding It's me? not too late, That's Corinne. my dream job. We're young. We're not even 30 yet. There's still so much time. Pick me. <laughs> Pick me. Sabrina, that would be so fun. You and I just get to go around in like a black, like unmarked vehicle. Yes. Collecting alien stories. Yes. I this would love that. This is our road trip. But alien edition. Okay. Well, I think our road trip, we should still go undercover as men in black. But it's about for ghosts and aliens. We're we're hunting for it all. <laughs> we'll have a bigfoot outfit as well. We'll just our the back of our van will be equipped with lots of different costumes depending on what we're looking for. Yeah, I just want to know like these guys, these these federal agents mm-hmm. when they go door like what are they what information are they looking for collected is actually helping them like what are they right what do they get. Like where I mean, where wonder, are they getting to? Was there residue left behind? Is there maybe they are going to set up patrols? Maybe they put cameras and stuff in that area because if it happened there once, maybe the aliens will come back to that specific area. Yeah, spyware. Was it like I'm almost thinking like what if these aliens were working with them <gasps> and they just like something went wrong and they basically like escaped and then there was the the, the two lights chasing like going around. It was actually a chase. We're watching like a police car version of an alien spaceship chase trying to find oh the people gosh. that are sh- or the aliens that are trying to take off. It's alien With some cowboys. Found information that yes. Or what if the aliens left something behind for the federal agency? And the federal agency had to go collect it, but the communication's a little off. And so it takes some time to find where they left the item. Mm, mm, a little hidden treasure. Well, I mean, if they're really looking for something, it sounds like they need to talk to the brother and the dad because those two were knocked out. So that's a weird response, right? Yeah. It makes me think that like maybe they were abducted and then they were put back and then there was like this timer almost. But then, know, like, like their bodies are still there. Do you think abductions can happen just to your soul? To your consciousness or yeah, yeah. your soul? Maybe. Or even like what if – okay, now I'm thinking about <laughs> interstellar again. Uh-huh. You know when they go and they visit a planet and maybe like a minute on a planet would equal 15 years yeah. somewhere else? What if like a 30-second abduction or like a 60-second abduction – was a sufficient amount of time for the aliens to do whatever they needed to do because time is like much longer yeah. for them or they can control it in a certain way. And do, it feels like a much longer encounter or abduction See, Corinne, for them. These theories. But then they put the, these theories are exactly what the men in black need. They need us in our brains. Come on. <laughs> we get it. We get it. It's an easy decision, I will work for free. (laughs) Wait, I would too. I don't need any money. I don't even need to put it on my resume. I won't even tell anyone. I will will move to space 
for this job. See, here's the thing. I don't understand why we haven't been picked already because having a podcast like this is literally the best cover. cover. Don't you think? It's the best cover. Right? Because everyone's like, oh, just those silly girls talking about conspiracies and things again. Right. And like right now we could be, you know, mocking. But what if we actually were? What if Not mocking, but like what if we were like CIA agents or like the alien's best friends? And I want to be so bad. E.T. is real and we bike them off. (laughs) Back to home. No, I, I want really it want too. this to happen. You're converting me to an alien girl. Wow. Big alien girl over here. Yeah. Okay. I don't know that I actually care about seeing the aliens. I just care about the journey along the way. Like, I want the men yeah. in black story. You just want the suit. Story. You want the black suit. My life story. Yeah. I do. Okay. I have one last story. And I kind of cheated because it's not technically aliens. It's technically black-eyed kids. That's okay. But... We don't really know what black eyed kids are, so maybe they're aliens and I They just, could be aliens. And it kind of has it's a fine. funny flair to it, so I thought it was a good one to end on. Okay. So this was posted by Hammerhands and they said, I believe I've encountered a BEK. I've never mentioned this particular detail about the eyes to anyone for fear they would think I was fabricating the story. And this incident took place about 13 years ago. I had just moved into a new city with my wife. We were small town newlyweds from the Midwest. We moved cross country to one of the biggest cities in the Southwest so I could attend graduate school. Being naive and new to the city living, I habitually answered the door without a second thought, but never again after this experience. The first thing that should have tipped me off to the peculiarity of the situation was the fact that someone was knocking at our door at six in the morning. The second thing Mm. that should have dawned on me is that this kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch it and open it and get to our front door. The knock at the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work, which was a pretty normal routine. And the moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear. To this day, I can picture him. Teenager, average height, average build, knee-length black leather coat, short black hair, and sunglasses. The sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as odd, and even more odd was that he was eating an apple. He was very polite and asked if he can come in and warm up. I said no, and I closed the door and slid the security chain into place. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now chained door, and before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in and warm up. No, I reply and attempted to close the door. But before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges, and looked me directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? What? (laughs) No! Oh, God. I say, fuck that, uh, albeit a little confused, and uh, yell, get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police. He takes a moment to let this information sink in, lowers his glasses, revealing eyes as black as obsidian, and says, no, you won't be calling anybody. Ew. Ew. At that moment, I force the door closed, lock it, and call out to my wife, who is scared shitless, hiding in the bedroom. All jacked up on adrenaline, I rip the curtains back to look out the window next to the door, and he's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out on the patio and check the gate, and it's still latched from the inside. I'm thinking to myself, wow, that was so fucked up. But as I turn to enter the house, I notice a half-eaten apple lying on the ground. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. Ew. This, like, normally when I hear stories, I get, like, you know, the chills. But this gives me a shiver down my spine in the wrong way. I know. I know. It's so weird. But the whole – I mean, it it's is. so similar to all the other black-eyed kid encounters we've had, but yet so different. Like this kid, one, he's alone. Two, 
I feel like he becomes so malicious with the starting with his glasses on, asking to come in and Mm -hmm. warm up, and then to Mm -hmm. pull the glasses down to reveal the eyes. I feel like it's such a menacing and maybe a little bit of a divergence from what we've traditionally heard black eyed kids do. Right, right. Well, normally they don't even have sunglasses. It's just normal eyes right. until you speak to them for enough seconds or minutes for and their, then you realize the mirage of their eyes to yeah. to lift. And also, Ugh. there's always the something ke- the a little ketchup off. For the, the ketchup for the apple. The ketchup on the apple. You're the ketchup to my apple, Sabrina. Oh, thank you. It's just a little weird and quirky and sharpens knives, but we love her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so weird. I know. That's so unsettling. It's so unsettling. I mean, the fact that he disappeared too in the blink of an eye and like left the apple. It's just all really weird behavior. Yes. I mean, the the fact that the black-eyed kid or alien or whatever the heck these things are had completely blacked out eyes, I think it's – we don't have to assume that this was just a child that this guy, like, slammed the door on. I do like – This was something. The the long black leather coat. Like, I feel like he was going for our men in black look. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I feel like he, he, like – it's a black-eyed kid that kind of watched Men in Black and, like, Back to the Future or something and – and based on that was like, yeah, this is how he was dressed. Yeah. I got down. I don't even need a partner with me. I'm going solo. I, I got, got this. this. Confidence. I got this. And especially the, the sunglasses. And the ketchup on the apple is going to work. People are going to be like, now it's I gonna believe work. you. Forget Humans the telegraph. That's so old school. Ketchup on my apple is the new move. This is reminding me of – have you seen all of the like memes and videos of Mark Zuckerberg when he – has like a bottle of sweet baby rays in the background. No. He talks a lot about sweet baby rays, but like, you know how people like joke that he's an alien? Um, I've never heard this. If you don't, I'll send you some videos. Okay. Please. <laughs> They're pretty funny. But yeah, it was just like, it's just like an unnatural fixation on like something like, oh, humans must like this, like sweet baby rays, like ketchup. I see ketchup a lot. People talk about ketchup. Humans like ketchup. They put it on everything. Ketchup. Apples or something. They put ketchup on apples. <laughs> Weird. I'm just going to start carrying around a bottle of ketchup in my purse for in case I encounter a black-eyed kid. Yeah. I've heard you, you like You don't need to ketchup. come in now. I already have it. Yeah. I'll leave it on the porch. I, I hear you like. I line my porch with ketchup <laughs> bottles. It's, it's my new wind chime. The- it's a bunch of yes. ketchup bottles swaying in the wind. I love it. <laughs> I'm also thinking like I love ranch-style homes, but the oh. benefit of having another story is if you if you just have like a fishing rod available, you can just use the fishing line to give oh. the people whatever they're asking for without mm-hmm. risk of inviting them in. In the off chance that like maybe it is someone who truly needs a bottle of ketchup. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right. Well, our homes are going to be ready for black-eyed kids. We're ready. Just like this person's mom who has her like alien survival, the the person before your second story, the alien survival kit. Yeah. We will have black eyed kid survival kits, alien survival kits. Yeah. And then ketchup if you ever need it. (laughs) And then ketchup. And then ketchup. Here we go. I already have my bunker kit ready. So we're good. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Alrighty. Listener stories. <laughs> this is our real life Reddit is our inbox. We yes. Go true. on deep dives on our inbox too. That is true. All right. So I have a story from Candace, which is kind of some like outdoor weirdness. And then I'm going, she sent quite a few stories in one email. So I'm going to say the, the woods one, but then I'm also going to read one more that will that's nice oh okay so that's pleasant to lighten and fill and warm our hearts we like that okay because i don't want that one to not be said okay hi ladies i've been listening to your podcast for a couple of years thank you so much for keeping me company when i'm on the road i drive a lot for work and you make it fun if you go all the way back to episode 48 i have a creepy story that validates what someone else had said in that episode and has experienced When I was a kid, I grew up in the Adirondacks on Phelps Road in Remsen. Not sure if it's the same place the other listener was talking about. Many years ago, when I was very young, my brother and I would spend hours swimming and fishing in the creeks near our home. Life was a little different in the 90s. You didn't have the same level of supervision that kids have today. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my parents did require that we come back inside when it started to get dark. We'd spent the day at a neighbor's farm in their creek and then walked back home as it started to get dark. Off in the distance, up the dead end road, I could see what I thought was a huge person up on the side of the road oh. in a black baggy hooded sweatshirt with black pants. I had no idea who it was or where they'd come from. We knew everyone in the immediate area. These were the years of Britney Spears and flannel <laughs> and a very small farming community. We went inside and I proceeded to go up to the windows upstairs to get a better look at the person as they continued past our house. This thing had no face under the hood. It was completely black. It sat down next to the creek in front of our house, facing the house with its legs hanging into our ditch. It stood easily eight feet tall and it had hair on its hands that was a mass of black. It sent chills down my spine. It appeared to be wearing black pants and a black sweatshirt. So I called my mom to come see what was sitting in our yard, but she couldn't see it (gasps) at all. Oh, my gosh. I yelled at her and said something to the effect of, the man, the man that's sitting next to our ditch. And she told me that there was nothing there. No. The next day, I went outside to where that thing had sat down. And plain as day, you could see in the sand where someone incredibly large had been sitting on the edge of the ditch. Oh, my gosh. There appeared to be what looked like hair imprints on the edges where its legs had been. As a kid, I remember feeling like this was a serious threat to me and anyone who went outside. We lived there for nearly 10 more years, and I never saw it again. And I also never got the bone-chilling feeling that I had when I first saw it when it was walking down the road or sitting next to our ditch. Okay, here's the one other story. Well, so when uh, I was about okay. four years old, my father... Re- <laughs> I just can't process it yet. Do okay, I- no, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. When I was about four years old, my father retired from the military, and he was unsure what his next career would be. 
My mom went back to working full-time in the interim, which left my father responsible for my three-year-old brother and I. My mother, unlike my father, had a routine, a routine that we as very young children liked and were accustomed to. At 12 noon, he decided to switch lunchtime with nap time. So hungry <laughs> children don't sleep. They come up with bad ideas. My little brother was hungry, and I, as his big sister and the most responsible person at home, felt that we needed to get him lunch. <laughs> I couldn't cook, so I left and walked nearly two miles to the grocery oh, store in town. Oh, my gosh. And as I began my journey passing neighbors' homes, I gathered quartz stone along the way as my form of currency. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> An older woman appeared as I was gathering these little stones and asked what I was doing and where I was headed. And she told me that her name was Grace and that she would like to walk with me for the journey if I would allow it. I said yes. She seemed nice. <laughs> and when I got to the grocery store, Grace waited outside. I went in. I grabbed a couple display boxes of candy bars. I gave the lady at the counter the quartz. <laughs> and I said, trade? And she <laughs> said, thanks, giggled, and let me walk outside. Oh, my god! She presumed my mom was outside, but she didn't see Grace or look outside. My father, hopefully by this point, had realized that I was not in the house, oh, at the neighbor's house, or anywhere nearby. So he called my mother and asked if she'd come home and pick me up. My mama bear hung up the phone, called the police, and went home. I walked back home with Grace, eating candy on my way, saving some for my brother's lunch, of course. <laughs> and as we neared the sight line of my home, Grace said it was time for her to go home, that it was lovely to have met me and to take good care of myself and my family and to tell my mother that she loved her. When <gasps> oh I got gosh, back into the yard, it. my parents were standing... Talking to a police officer, my mother was visibly livid. She hugged me. She asked where I'd gone and what I did. And I explained to her what I had done and then explained that I hadn't gone alone, that Grace had been with me. And my, oh my mother gosh. asked me to describe this woman. Oh, my gosh. And I described my grandmother, Grace. She got a photo out of the old album, and I identified the woman as Grace. My mother walked away crying as soon as I had identified her. Years later, she explained to me that Grace was my grandmother who died nearly 15 years oh. before I was born. This is so pure. I know. Oh, my god! And this is from Candace. Okay. Yeah. I have so many thoughts about that last story because not only is it so beautiful, but the fact that all these people were just cool with trading courts. And I just – it restored faith in humanity for me. It's so I know. sweet. Right. Like, I wonder what that woman thought. It was just like, yeah, I'll let it slide. Or if she thought, like, maybe the parent was outside and would come in and be like, sorry about that and pay. <laughs> she just walked off. I uh, But it's also a different time. It's the 90s. It's a small town. Trading everyone everyone. candy for quarts. <gasps> oh, freaking I, love that. freaking good trade. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. I know. And then her grandma was there to protect her. So sweet. So freaking sweet. That also makes me think that if anything were to happen with that weird, scary, hairy, faceless creature, spirit, entity, whatever it was on the edge of their property, that Grace would have stepped in. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. Because obviously Grace is a protector. Here's a theory I have. Okay. Because okay. what I didn't read was – so Candace has a, a, many more experiences, but at the very, very end of the email, she writes, P.S. Bigfoot is also rumored to live here. There are many accounts, but I never saw any signs. News channels have been called to film it when it walks through driveways, hangs out for a while, and then disappears into the forest without a trace. So here's my theory. Okay. I think there was a Bigfoot 
in the area that was uh-huh. like, you know what? I am so sick of everyone staring at me, of everyone ogling at me. I don't want the news called. Like, I'm just trying to live my life. Like, TMZ does not need to be here. And so I think it put on human clothes and was like, no one will know. But the face, the no face. But I'm thinking, like, what if it was just like really dark hair all around the face? Oh, and so from that distance, it looks the hood like there's up, no face. You couldn't, you couldn't tell. Mm. It was just a Bigfoot wearing clothes. Or it's Bigfoot trying to be men in black like us. Right. Or like a 16-year-old teen boy and just like sweats in a hoodie. Just little like angsty. Just on the side of the creek. Yeah. Swinging his <laughs> yeah, feet. It was an angsty teen Bigfoot. <laughs> it's your future oh, son. Teen Bigfoot. Corinne, it's your future son. It is my future son. But also if we ever – I know neither of us are musical, but if we ever start a band, can we call it <laughs> Teen Bigfoot? Yeah. I think that's a good band name. Yeah. Okay. We can also – Create a musical on Broadway and call it Teen Bo- Teen Bigfoot. Teen Bigfoot. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that one better. We're do- we're doing this. Okay, I love it. <laughs> How many ideas do you think we've said we're doing um, on this podcast? A million. Yeah, a million. Beep, beep, boop. We have some exciting new things to tell you about. Specifically, oh, yeah. our brand new Patreon revamp, which we're so stoked about and have been working really hard on. It's going to be awesome. You're finally going to get a Two Girls, One Ghost theme song ringtone. Yes. We're going to have special exclusive episodes posted. There's exclusive merch. And we're going live monthly on yes. Patreon, specifically for our only phantoms. This the only phantoms month? have just voted for the date and they time of our spoken. first live in May. May 15th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Corinne and I are going to do a live stream and we are going to, we're so nervous, we're going to re-listen to <laughs> episode one, the first episode we ever recorded of Two Girls, One Ghost. We'll see how far react. we get. Yeah, we'll see. We might need to listen to it on like <laughs> cringe, fast speed cringe. times two to get through it. And we're going to play some type of game together with it. Like how many times do you hear us say like or laugh at ourselves because we're uncomfortable? And it's going to be – I'm hesitant to say a great time, but it will be – it will be something. And enjoy laughing at ourselves yes. and pat ourselves on the back for the growth that we we've have grown. We've come since then. so far – and it's almost been five years since that. That's so scary. That's scarier I than any ghost story, we, truly. We grew. But yeah, so come join us, join our Patreon, uh, check out the new tiers on our Patreon, and we'll see you at the live stream. Woo! Boop, 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 wee, okay, Corinne, this story is for you. You may not have done okay. a Bigfoot Reddit, but I did pick a listener story about Bigfoot. Oh my God. And it is from. I mean, I still managed to, to say Bigfoot a hundred times, a thousand yeah. times through this. Yeah. And now you're doing a whole email okay this is even better because it's bigfoot and aliens so the subject line okay it's from our listener cameron and the subject line is encounters my dad saw bigfoot and my grandpa got abducted by aliens this is a perfect combo oh, i know okay i love it the first story i want to share is my dad's encounter with bigfoot my grandpa was in the air force for a long time and so my dad's family was stationed in wyoming in the early 80s My dad was about 12 or 13 during that time, and my grandparents would take him and my two uncles skiing in Hidden Valley, Wyoming from time to time. One of the times that they went skiing there, my dad was feeling pretty cocky about his skiing abilities and tried out a black diamond run, uh, just so you know. He was not very good at skiing. To get to the run, he had to cut across to the other side of the mountain using a trail through the trees. As he was heading to the other side of the mountain through the trees, he noticed footprints going up the mountain. He continued on this trail and ended up falling down. 
As he was on the ground, he looked up the mountain and about a hundred meters up from my dad was a large brown bulk walking up towards another tree line. It stopped and turned to look at my dad. Then it turned back around and continued walking up the mountain towards the trees. My dad sat there for a moment with his heart racing, eventually got up and skied the rest of the way down to the lift. Once he got down the slope, he took off his skis and didn't go back up the mountain for the rest of the day. My dad truly (laughs) believes he saw Bigfoot that day and has told this same story since I was a little kid without any changes. Another interesting story I have comes from my now past grandfather. My grandfather was very insistent that he was at some point in his life abducted by aliens. Before his passing in January of 2021, I had asked him to retell the story of how he was abducted. And instead of telling me the usual story of how he was beamed up, he went to tell me that he had been to another planet. At first, I was like, oh my God, grandpa has finally lost his mind. But stick with me here because it ends up making sense. So my grandpa went on to tell me that when he was a young soldier in the Air Force, he was stationed at Cannon Air Base in New Mexico, which is alien red flag number one, and signed up for some type of experiment that he could be paid extra for. He elaborated that these experiments were to see if they were able to do some type of teleportation of the mind to see places that they were not physically in. He claimed his experiment was successful and that he saw planets that were not Earth and experienced being on the other world, which is, this is exactly like what we were saying. Can aliens just abduct the consciousness? Right. Obviously. Wait, wait, wait. Can you repeat again? Where was he? Why was he doing? Okay, so he was in the The Air Force. And the Air Force, they asked him to be part of a paid experiment that would help to see if they were able to teleport the mind to places that they weren't physically in. I have to ask my grandpa if this happened to him too. So, okay. Obviously, when he told me the story, me and my grandma shared a what the fuck look because he had never talked about this before. And it was an oddly detailed story for how long ago it would have been. While this may seem like my grandpa just made up this story in an altered state of old age, The CIA has now declassified documents that have information about how they were testing on psychic vision and ESP funded by the Pentagon. These experiments were between 1972 and 1996 and were aimed at seeing if people were able to see locations that they had never seen before using only their mind. So my conspiracy theory is that my grandpa was a part of these experiments and has memories of being shown an unfamiliar terrain that he assumed was a different world because he had never been there before. Weirdly enough, many soldiers who reported being tested on while in the military have died of cancer. And what would you know? My grandpa passed after having complications from a cancerous brain tumor. I have one more story I want to share regarding my uncle's ghost encounter when he was living in England as a teenager. This particular uncle is married to my mom's sister, my aunt, and has two younger sisters. My uncle's family, my mom's family, and my dad's family all lived in England at the same time because they all had fathers who were in the Air Force. Side note, my aunt and uncle met in high school in England, and so did my mom and dad, so they're all high school sweethearts, which I think is really sweet. Anyway, my uncle lived in a small English house where his room was connected to his younger sister's in a way that he had to go through her room to get to his. One day, he was attempting to leave his room and walk through his sister's to get to the hallway 
when he couldn't open his door. It was as if there were something holding the door that wouldn't let him through. Finally, the resistance let up and he pushed through the door as a pile of books on the other side fell to the ground. Assuming that the books were the reason he couldn't open his door, he got mad at his sister for blocking it. His sister insisted she did not put the books there and he didn't feel like arguing, so he headed through the room towards the door. With his back turned to her, he hears her yell, Ow, Scott, why did you just throw that book at me? I told you I don't remember putting them there. My uncle was confused because he had not thrown a book at her and was almost out of the room when she started yelling, so it wouldn't have even made sense that he threw it. He realized that something weird was going on and being the nice older brother that he was, he lied and just took the blame. He only revealed to his sister the reality of the book situation when they were much older and no longer living in that house. They still don't know who put the books in front of the door and who threw the book, but thanks for reading my stories and I hope to gather some more family encounters and send them in another email. Stay spooky. See you on the other side, Cameron. I mean, who could have guessed that a ghost throwing a book at you is one of the least scary stories of <laughs> in that email? The paranormal encounters you would have. I know. The whole family has something. Everything. There's Bigfoot. There's aliens. aliens there's teleportation. Yeah. I'm, I know. There's something for everyone in that one. I need to read these documents. I know. I want to find I'll, – I'll follow up and I'll ask if she knows where to find them and maybe she can email them to us. And then also – They should just be published. Yeah. Right? We'd have to just look if up. They, if they're released. I know. But – Yeah. But – I feel like she knows the search terms to find. So, oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, those specific ones. I'm one, I love that Bigfoot just so nonchalantly was like, huh, you fell. Carry on. And also, this is like right by a ski lift yeah. and ski trail. Like, this is a traveled yeah. path. Well, technically, so it's Bigfoot's in mountain. The middle of the woods. We true. came in there and made it a ski resort. So, Bigfoot has all the rights there. I love that. Corinne, I know where you're heading because we know the mountain. Anyone else? Are you going to go go to find Bigfoot? Wait, what is it called again? Um, I, let me look. I know we need to figure out where this is. Well, I think she said the specific place. Okay. Um. Oh, Hidden Valley, Wyoming. Okay, that's okay. my next. There you go. Next winter, I'm going. Yeah, go find your lover. I don't think I don't know what I would do though if I had that same encounter. Like, I would like to think that I would ski down the trail to safety as well, not knowing you know what this creature right would do. But I feel like there's also like – I would just like be ogling at it. Yes, you know? definitely. I think you would spend some time staring at it. You'd be watching him walk away. It's like with UFOs and aliens. Like you're not – you don't turn and run. Almost every single person just stops yeah, you and have stares to look. at the thing. Because it's so it's, – because it takes a minute for your brain to catch up to what you're seeing because it is right. unexpected. Yes. <sighs> well – I love Reddit. I love ghost stories. I love alien stories. Yeah. I love everything about everything. No, I don't. That's not true. But I do love everything about this episode. <laughs> I love everything about everything. And then like two episodes ago, you were like, it's just such a bummer that humans exist. <laughs> <laughs> like the juxtaposition of that. I stand by that <laughs> statement. It, I still believe that to be true. I, you know, it depends on the day. Um, Sometimes I'm like, I love everything. And then other days I'm like, I fucking hate everything. I'm going to sharpen my knives in the window. Well, right now you're in a you're in a good mood, good, happy, silly, goofy yeah. mood because aliens. Yes, aliens and Reddit make me happy. Yes. So yeah. if you guys have stories, email them to us. Aliens, Bigfoot. If you've posted on Reddit, share it with us. We want to know everything. We want to know. We should on our Facebook group too make a little post and oh, have yeah. people share like the craziest Reddit. <gasps> That's such stories a good idea. or like a like a chain of like their favorite. Yeah. 
That's a good idea. Let's do that. Threads. Yes. Yeah. Get lost. Yes. Get lost in Reddit. In the Reddit threads. And then get lost in the and also, TGOG triangle. Join us. Exactly. Email us, podcast at gmail.com. Get lost in our triangle, aka join our pyramid scheme. Tell everyone about the podcast. Tell at least two people. If you tell more, then I don't know. There's no real reward, but we're proud of you. We love you. You know, a little ghost hug through the microphone here. And ghost hug. we will be on YouTube. This this episode will be on our YouTube. Yes. We're going to post kind of a couple episodes June 1st or whatever that first Sunday is. We should post it in tan- tandem with our episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So keep an we'll eye out. We'll be posting them with every regular episode that comes out, but we'll be front loading with yeah. a few because obviously we haven't started our YouTube yet. Yeah. As this episode comes yes. out. But we are recording it, so you'll be able to re re-listen slash watch mm-hmm. in a few weeks. My dream. We also have Patreon. Oh, well, go my ahead. My dream is that because now that we're recording this, I don't want you to die because that's traumatizing, but that we catch <gasps> being abducted on video. No! <laughs> I thought you were just going to say like some sort of paranormal activity behind us or oh, something. Oh, that too. Abducted? I, I just want any and all. I... We've Maybe already you. we've already made it on the internet for catching ghost penis in New Orleans. Yeah. I want to now make it on the internet for girl gets abducted in the middle of recording her podcast. We have to level up. This is the next the next level up and square on our game of life. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and okay. we love you. Well, let's push that upon you, but not not me. I'm no, not but you can watch it. You can, you can be. Right you here. can bear witness. Yes. Yeah. We have social media. We have TikTok. We have Patreon. There's a lot of new exciting things happening. Exclusive episodes on Patreon. And we're going live every month for a particular tier for our only fan toms. (laughs) I like the way you said that. Only fan toms. Toms. You know. Yeah, you know. Just posting the regular stuff there. Feet pics, ghost pics, things. Yeah. So. Ghost weens, whatever. And thank you so much to Aiden Manning and Fire Digital for editing our podcast. We're very grateful for you. And we're also grateful for all of you listening. Uh, Keep coming back and get lost in the triangle. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 